0: Oh yeah. what's good everybody and welcome to a very sexy episode of Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas and with me as always broke so I'll do anything for a dollar writer Dave. How we doing everybody? Why is it a very sexy episode because I'm spreading the love today? Put the hate aside for a little bit. Let's, let's let some love in today. Welcome to the to the smooth bullshit of Chris Thomas. Oh yeah stipulations top 10 you gave me which i needed a fucking break uh, <laughs> you know being being uh being hate-filled for movies can get exhausting the stipulations you gave me is my favorite horror movies pre-1990 yes pre-1990 so what do we call this hashtag chris loves the classics sounds good to me chris loves classics and I guess in my case, classics is anything before I was born. Yeah. So my list right here, and it goes down in terms of intensity. But I do all I do like all of these movies, and I'll say some of these I'm sure you probably haven't seen. Uh, one or two of them. Uh, okay. One or two of them, not necessarily horror, but it's something that scared me as a kid. And okay. one or two of these is kind of like, of course, that has to be on the list. Yeah. But for the most part, I think that most of these, if not all of them, haven't been mentioned on the show. Okay. Most of them, actually. And uh, coming in at number 10, and this one is very much a recency bias one, is The Giant Claw. The Giant Claw. From 1957. This is a black and white movie, and the reason why it's on my list is because I went and saw this. It was one of the first movies I saw... At the planetarium when I started doing my monthly bad night movies at the planetarium. Okay. And this was, I think, my second one. Um right. If you have a internet next to you or your phone or something like that, just type in the giant claw and just take a good look at that creature. And you'll see why it's on a bad movie thing at the planetarium. I had so much fun watching this movie. It's in
1: 1958, right? 1958,
0: 1957, yeah tons of fun watching that goofy ass bird
1: yeah Yeah. everybody
0: (laughs) in the theater in the auditorium was laughing their ass off whenever this bird was on screen and let me tell you about it's oh 1950s you and your sexism yeah there was a main actress in there whose character was that she was the main mathematician uh they were trying to figure out how to kill this giant bird the main character is this uh, pilot, yeah, and he—he's part of the team. He kind of like saw it when he was out doing his thing, and this woman was a mathematician, basically part working with the scientists and everything, trying to figure out how to bring this creature down. And by the end of the movie, she's just serving tea and sandwiches to the men. <laughs> <laughs> Got <a good> <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was with my friend uh, while we were watching this. I turned to her. I was like, "What is this woman doing? Giving these guys tea and sandwiches? She she's like the main mathematician. Somebody should be getting her like beverages and snacks." Then she she's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> I, I was. It was so. I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is from 1957. Of course, of course, she's not gonna be the hero of the story. It's gonna be the main. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the blade. Sexes was just." It's not right, but it was just so funny how blatant it was, um, which is why it was in the bad movies, you know? I mean, that's not the reason why it was in the bad movies, but objectively, it was a bad movie. Um, it, you know, it had to make my list just because it was funny to watch, and it, it was one of the movies that introduced me to the bad movies over at the Planetarium that I'm going to uh, every month now.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So... so that Had a lot of fun with it, so that's why it's my number 10. Number 9, all the way from the 80s. I've actually, a couple of these are in the 80s. Uh, unfortunately, my favorite vampire movie uh, didn't make the cut because it was in 1994. It would have been, <laughs> been Interview with a Vampire, but yeah. a different vampire movie, perhaps you can guess, 1980s. 1980s vampire movie? Yeah.
1: Lost Boys was 90s, right? It was like Lost, early no, Lost,
0: nope. No, Lost Boys is it. Lost Boys is 80s. Yeah, Lost, probably goes that's Lost, the answer. That's the answer. Yeah, yeah Lost
1: Boys. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I wasn't sure if it was late 80s or early Lost 90s. Lost Boys,
0: I believe, is 1987, Okay, I want to say. Uh, has to be on there. I mean, this movie screams 80s. Um, you know, when you hear the name Joel Schumacher, you usually think of the bad... Batman and Robin movie, the like infamous <laughs> bad Batman and Robin movies, but a lot of oh, people yeah. forget that he directed the Lost Boys, which it's funny that he gets you know it's his name is synonymous with a bad movie, but he gave us a really good vampire movie, if not one of the best, you know.
1: Yeah, it's up there with the some of the best. Yeah, just
0: dripping with eighties. <laughs> just yeah, uh, you had uh, you know Corey Feldman playing the cool. A vampire expert with his friend. Yeah. And, you know, of course you had Keifer, Kiefer Sutherland and his awesome looking, you know, portrayal of a vampire.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, sorry, interview of the vampire. You would have made it on the list, but you know what? Lost Boys, you're a pretty good substitute for it. Oh, you're, yeah. Lost Boys is definitely my second favorite. Okay. So uh, not too upset about it. So it okay. makes the list. All right uh number all right so you know when i was making this list i was trying to think seven and eight was my the last two that i filled out because i was trying to think all right what could fill those two spots yeah um among them that were gonna go on there was the omen uh, okay. among them was going to be uh, house of wax or house on haunted hill unfortunately vincent didn't make it just because i just recently became a big vincent price fan but not enough to yeah. be like on the list because i haven't seen too many of his stuff so uh you know what you can always count on your boy freddie though to make oh the yeah list. but not the first nightmare on elm street nightmare on elm street three makes my number eight
1: okay yeah
0: i i mentioned nightmare on elm street before uh the third one especially for one scene in particular If you remember the
1: marionette
0: marionette of uh, the guy getting carried around by his tendons all the way up to the top and then getting it cut. And then he falls down to his death out of all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. When you say Nightmare on Elm Street, I think of that before I think of anything from the first one or any of the recent ones. I automatically go to that. I don't even know what it was about. Maybe it was because I was super young when I saw that scene, but it stuck with me.
1: Yeah, I really like the third Nightmare Elm Street because it had that perfect blend of like scary Freddy with the witty one-liner Freddy.
0: It was as he was making his transition into more comedic Freddy. Yeah, which and they had of, that
1: perfect balance of three.
0: With which a lot of people either love it or hate it. People either hated it when he started becoming more funny, or they loved it. Um, I like both. I like both yeah. Intimidating Freddy and Funny Freddy. You know, it's, it's, uh I, I can, yeah. I can find myself uh liking both. You just, you just, I gotta be in the right mood for one of them.
1: Yeah, like, the next couple movies after three, though, I think goes a little too overboard with the funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's why I
1: think three is with the blend is perfect.
0: But even when he is funny, you can still watch it just to see some creative deaths. Oh, Yeah. Even if it is as ridiculous as him wearing like a power glove and doing all sorts of weird stuff like that, it's still yeah. funny to just kind of poke fun at or just be like, haha, that's funny or goofy or whatever, yeah. even if it's two. But uh, three, as you said, good blend and has my um, favorite death in all of The Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Just freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah. Number seven. This one nearly slipped through the cracks for me. I am. I, like, I literally added this to my list, like, an hour before we started filming. Or, okay. Rec- recording, rather. And I'm ashamed of myself for it taking this long, because I completely forgot about it. And that is The Fly. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, we already said that The Thing wasn't going to be on this list. Yeah. Uh, because it's obviously my favorite, and I didn't... That would have been too easy to put it on the list. Yeah. But... Because it's my favorite creature feature. My second favorite creature feature is the fly. Okay. You know, at the end of this movie, Brundle, Brundlefly has already done awful things. He's kidnapped his girlfriend. He's about to uh, fuse him, her, and her child like all into one body. He melted that one dude's hand and foot with his acid spit. And he's pretty much more fly than human at the end. But when he fuse and when he fuses with the uh, machine, and he's like crawling around, and Gina Davis is like pointing the gun at him, stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I gave you a list of poor bastards to do for your top ten. Uh, yeah. he would have made my top ten poor bastards. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he he points that has her point the gun at his head, and it's just like, oh man, the last little bit of humanity in him was basically like just just kill me yeah ah oh, man it pulls on your pull uh, just, you just look at you go god man that sucks <laughs> like <laughs> dude just wanted to be a guy who invented teleportation and because of that incident with the fly the world will never know the uh, convenience of teleportation nope all because of one dumb fly we now we still have to drive around with these jacked up gas prices and yeah. we can, with no more <laughs> teleportation uh for us. 6. 6 um another one that let me set the scene for you. Okay. It's the early aughts whenever like the PSP was big. And yeah. the PSP one of the things was that you could uh watch little uh, like movies full DVDs were now in like little disc forms that you could put in the PSP. And, and then watch yeah watch yeah A friend of mine gave me his psp he said here watch this and i'm watching it and i see a woman out in the woods getting wrapped up in tree vines and this tree slowly starting to do something and it dawns on me that this tree is sexually assaulting this woman evil dead that was my introduction to evil dead yeah i didn't see it from the beginning uh, at that point, my friend just handed me a, a PSP and said, "Hey, look at this." And after I so saw, I was like, "I was like, what kind of weird porn did you just like hand me?" <laughs> and like, I so I I thought he handed me some weird porn uh, w- when I was watching it, and then found out that it was actually a movie. And then I saw it from the beginning. Ash also would have made it my my poor bastards. Just as of what happened to him at the end of that, good practical yeah. effects. You know, that's when I started appreciating Sam Raimi. Like, at the end, the last, like, 20 minutes of that movie, he is just going through so much mental and physical torture. Yeah. He's seen all of his friends, like, turn into Dean and decomposing and just all sorts of bloody goodness and... yeah. Uh, I just thought that is just a memory in my mind though of just being handed this PSP. If if you want to hear a time capsule of 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 when I saw it, he handed me a PSP, and uh, I I saw what I thought was some weird porn, and <laughs> nope, wasn't porn. It was Sam Raimi. Yeah. So that that is among the uh, movies that like kind of just sticks into my mind that I just have a very distinct memory of. Yeah. So that's number six. Okay, Cru- cruising on by. This one we have our first bit of comedy. Okay, all the way from. I'll tell you in one second. From 1974, Young Frankenstein. Right. Okay. Obviously not horror, but it's comedy. It's comedy, but it's making fun of horror. It's yeah. It's in the realm. So, so it's
1: kind of like a parody, kind of like yeah, it, scary it, it's, movie and such. You've seen it, right? I have not seen any You see, Oh, put so.
0: that Oh, put that on the on your list of things to watch. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. <laughs> very very funny. And it's not Frankenstein. He insists that it's Frankenstein. It's <laughs> All that, right. that 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 he makes a, a point to tell you that it's Frankenstein. All right. you know, you know it's Mel Brooks. Um, okay. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Really really funny. I had uh, Peter Boyle back when he was alive playing Frankenstein. It's just really really funny. Um you know, back before scary movies started parodying stuff, that yeah. era, of, you know, again, it's Mel Brooks. So uh, if, if you're into that kind of comedy. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's goofy, lighthearted. Yeah. It's goofy, lighthearted fun.
1: Yeah, let's check it out. All um,
0: right. Those of you who have seen it, you understand why it's on here. It's funny. It's, uh, it's in black and white. Yeah. I don't know if they did a colored version. I think they redid it in color, but I insist that you watch it in the black and white version. Cause, okay. Because they obviously did it in black and white in the 1970s for a reason to capture that aesthetic of, yeah. you know, old Frankenstein. So, yes, do yourself a favor. Watch Young Frankenstein. There is a reason why it's on my list. And and Gene Wilder acting, acting crazy as usual. Oh, I love Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is awesome. Yeah. Actually, if you hadn't seen Gene Wilder, uh, Gene Wilder movie, I don't know if you've been seeing my movie blender on Insta. Yeah. My recent one I just put up there was Willy Wonka blended with uh, Halloween 3. (laughs) So check that out if you get a second, because the explanation's there. But I think that it's a brilliant idea if you were to combine Willy Wonka and Halloween 3.
1: We will. You won't. Cause already pretty much Halloween three. He's killing all those kids.
0: So that's kind of what I said. (laughs) Yeah. I I was like, he's already already, there. He's already about child endangerment. Guts in that movie. He's already already all about child endangerment. I said he just one year. He just decided to because in Halloween three they distributed masks and everything to the children. And this one he distributes candy and he distributes it and the and the uh, candy has repercussions to anybody who eats it. I was thinking about the idea of, like, what if you ate the candy and that's what turns people into Oompa Loompas for his Oompa Loompa army.
1: Jesus.
0: Hollywood, get on it. Make it. Make it happen. Make it happen. Number four, sticking with black and white, a TV show. Uh, I have to put the Twilight Zone on there. Oh, absolutely! I had to put the Twilight Zone on there. It's not a movie, but it it I don't care. It's it's going on there, and you know I love my anthologies.
1: Yeah, um, I mean they filmed the movie, but
0: you know that uh, but, went terribly
1: wrong.
0: Uh, and you know I actually like Twilight Zone more than Creep Show in terms of anthologies, even though uh, Creep Show I still like Creepshow. Show, but yeah. I don't know something about the Twilight Zone. I don't know. I don't know if it's the fact that it's bla- yeah the combination of it being black and white, which I think black and white yeah. gives a very good horror aesthetic to anything that you're doing. Oh yeah. Uh, well, if you do have it you right. Do you
1: watch any of the new episodes of The Twilight Zone? Uh, is that the that one, one that's direct- on-
0: is that the one that's narrated by Jordan Peele?
1: Yeah, and they put it out on the, I think Paramount Plus. Stunt.
0: Uh, no, I thought that would have been on Shudder, uh, but I didn't see it. Uh. I'll have to go to Paramount Plus then but no I haven't but it's on my list of things to check out you know a lot of stuff to check out Um, yeah
1: I watched like the first three four episodes decent
0: decent I mean I heard that it's it wasn't fantastic but it's it's something you know but that's all subjective so I'm willing to check it out so Twilight Zone I'll give it uh you know it's a reason why it's my number four love me a good horror anthology and just the ideas of it's one of those things that I like about writing and about making movies and making stories and stuff like that is that it just takes a normal idea or takes normal's ideas, takes normal ideas. I can't talk. Yeah. And just puts a little, yeah, but what if, if, what if, what if this,
1: what if worst case scenario happened?
0: Yes. What if worst case scenario? Or what if, you know, in an alternate reality, this was actually happening. So, yeah, which when I, when I took, uh film class and everything like that that was oh, we there was a guest speaker and one and he said uh the best thing that any like writer or anybody who wants to tell stories the best question that they can possibly ask is what if
1: what if yeah
0: and that's every good story starts out with what if and i think the twilight zone encapsulates that perfectly
1: oh they kill other than that yeah uh
0: number three is a no-brainer um um, I was sitting here determining, all right, which Stephen King movie has to be on here? Uh, he, ha- he has so many, but it has to go to The Shining.
1: Yeah, I so like, I mean, yeah, he has a lot of movies, but none are as good as The Shining.
0: None, I mean, Misery was knocking around in my head. Um, I think
1: Misery's 1990, though, right? Is it? Uh, if it's...
0: Is, is it like 89, 90? It's either late 80s or early 90s, somewhere around that era.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah.
0: You'll we'll have to fact check me it. on that, yeah.
1: Yeah, it came out in 1990.
0: Well, Misery would have been a second choice, a runner-up, but it has to go to The Shining. Yeah. Um, you know, although it made it on my uh, Chris Hates the Cold, and I've mentioned Chris Hates remakes and stuff like that, um, even the shining miniseries the story itself is a good story yeah uh whether you like the miniseries version or the made for television version or the jack nicholson version which obviously i like. and i like dr sleep i just like that entire universe yeah in general and both scenes i think both scenes my favorite scenes aren't even the horror scenes it's the scene at the bar
1: okay yeah uh,
0: both in both Doctor Sleep and in uh and in uh The Shining, just the you know, you get a glimpse into the mindset of what the person is going through mm-hmm. at, that gen- at that general moment. Jack yeah. Torrance is losing his mind, uh, he's his, his you know, he, he's all he wants is a drink and he's talking to Lloyd, the bartender. I memorized that entire scene like in my head and sometimes i'll just be sitting around and i'll just like say just start talking that entire scene to myself even lloyd's part okay nice um as well as dr sleep and dr sleep had a really good um thing too where you've seen dr sleep right yeah where that's essentially his dad he's talking to yeah um he said he's Lloyd, the bartender, but it was his dad. Um, ah, just so good. The Shining is, you know, and you know, it would have been a shame if that movie didn't do well because of how much of a pain in the ass it was to make it. Um, because Stanley Kubrick is a perfectionist, and like that, that whole scene yeah. with with uh, Wendy and the bat took over like a hundred takes or something like that.
1: that yeah,
0: and. And you know, the, the, all the stories that revolve around uh, Shelley Duvall getting treated like yeah. shit during the making. Yeah, um, the entire movie. It would just suck if that movie didn't do well. Which, yeah. I by the way, I never understood the hate for Shelley Duvall. I thought she did a fine job.
1: Yeah, she was getting it.
0: I, I never really understood the hate. I mean, no. uh, I mean, I mean, obviously Jack Nicholson steals the show, but. Yeah. Wendy was perfectly fine. Shelley Duvall was. Yeah. Anyway. Shining, obvious no-brainer. Yeah. And, huh, man, I te- all right, number 2. I had to text you and ask you to just make sure that 1989 was still on the table. Yeah. Um which I am so happy that it was because this movie made it just in time. 1989, Tim Burton. Bringing us one of his most iconic characters, Beetlejuice. Okay. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh, He had to make the list. It's been in rumored that a sequel is going to be made with Michael Keaton and and everybody like Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and uh, Winona Ryder. I mean, at this point, I'd say don't wait for. Well, at this point, don't. Like
1: thirty-three years later, like.
0: I like Tim Burton as much as the next guy, but I think that as of late, he hasn't been knocking it out of the park like he used to back in the day. I think my favorite move, the last movie that he made that I really liked was probably Sweeney Todd. Um, Didn't care for Alice in Wonderland. Dumbo was kind of forgettable. Mrs. Perry Green's Home for the Stranger, Wayward Kids or whatever it was called. Was meh, and in an era where everybody is just just go into their old well of just trying to revive old projects to try to capture, you know, their
1: glory, they, yeah.
0: Just, just in an era where people just can't leave things alone and just let things be. Leave Beetlejuice alone. Just leave Beetlejuice alone. Yeah. Leave Beetlejuice alone as a good standalone story. We had, you know, we had the little kids. Te- television series that came out yeah which was fine i enjoyed it so beetlejuice great blend of uh, of uh, peak tim burton to me yeah taking the strange and putting it in like a suburban area taking like you know high-class suburbanites and and, and introducing the macabre yeah. to it yeah peak tim burton in my opinion so i say beetlejuice leave it alone and then there's a reason why it's my number two. I watch it whenever it's on.
1: I mean, I haven't watched the old juice since I was a kid.
0: Oh, it's a good movie. I mean, we come for your daughter, Chuck. Nah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> we shop at the same store. Hey, Romano, hey. <laughs> <laughs> freaking, freaking Michael Keaton is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right, so are we down to number one already? Down to number one. Number one, I guarantee you. You wouldn't expect to be on my list. Jaws. Nope. It's because it's not even classified technically as a horror movie. Okay. Well, first, off, first off, I'll tell you the year, and then I'll tell you the cast, and you tell me if you can. All right. Nineteen fifty-nine. Nineteen
1: fifty-nine.
0: It's a Walt Disney, Disney uh, movie. It's a Walt Disney Studios motion picture. Uh, the main character is played by Albert Sharp, and it has a very, very young Sean Connery in it?
1: Um, The Jungle Book?
0: No, this one is. And it's just, you know, if I were to make a top 10 movies, this would also make it in my top 10 just movies in general of, of all time for me. And that is Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Uh, now, have you seen it or have you even heard of it?
1: No, I'm just looking it up right now.
0: Darby O'Gill and the Little People.
1: 100% of Rotten Tomatoes.
0: There's a reason for that. Um, I just I just looked right now. I didn't know that it was hundred percent, but it's a hundred percent to me. Um, uh, takes place in Ireland, where Darby O'Gill is like the old man around town who claims that he's seen and talked to the king of the leprechauns, and everybody just thinks, oh, that's just crazy old Darby. But everybody likes hearing his stories. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, they they kind of believe him, or even if they don't believe him, they just like hearing him talk about you know the the leprechauns and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you're thinking, alright, that sounds fine. Why why would that be on your top ten horror? Now, you have it in front of you. Type in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, the Banshee. If you wait long enough in this movie, it doesn't get the, the the laughing and the lightheartedness goes away near the end. And you get introduced to what scared me as a little kid. And that was the Banshee. I'm going to wait for you to bring that up. Okay. You see it? Yeah. You you know, by today's standards, it might not freak you out. But as a little kid, the Banshee was this haunting spirit that haunted, like, the hills of Ireland. And you see the, uh, the Banshee come right before you see the uh, the uh, horseman and its death carriage uh, to come claim the lives of somebody who's on death's door. It's like the last 10, 15 minutes of that movie. Like, you know, you see, you know, at this point you've been having fun with Darby. Darby's playing around with leprechauns. They're, they're like fiddle playing, they're having fun. And then all of a sudden this banshee comes out of nowhere. And and a headless horseman with a death carriage. I, I if you want another treat, watch that movie. It's it's a good movie just in general. Yeah, you'll, you'll have fun from start to end. You you like all the characters except for one okay. who's except for one who's an asshole, but you, he's supposed to be. All um, right. And you get yeah, to I'll hear to check it out. Yeah. And you get to hear Sean Connery sing. Okay. Which, which arguably is probably the scariest thing. Um. <laughs> I'm just kidding, uh, you know. I he's he's fine. Um, that's just a little light, lighthearted jab. Um, good movie. Freaked me the hell out as a kid, and that's why it's my number one of all movies. Chris's number one scary movie of all time: Darby kill and the Little People. all, right. <laughs> all the way from 1959. A little bit yeah. of little bit of Irish, uh, little bit of Irish terror for the youngins. Yeah, <laughs> and just in general, um, in terms of movie making. The kind of stuff yeah. that they did special effects wise that you would go, how did they do that? In 1959, like how do they make Darby O'Gill look like he's towering above all of these leprechauns and stuff like that? They're all, they all look like they're in the same room. How are they making it look like he's like they're all like one foot tall and he's, you know, like towering above them? Yeah. So, movie making story and scares. That's why it's not my number one. Check it out. Okay. Yeah. Whew, man, you know. I, I mean, I'm surprised you left a couple off, but... Oh, trust me, there's... I have a list of honorable mentions that would have made my list, but for one reason, or, you know, Jaws was going to make my list, House of Wax or House on Haunted Hill was going to make my list. John um, Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween was going to make my, my list, but... Um, I've always been more of a Freddy fan. Yeah. Um, And uh nothing against john carpenter i love John Carpenter. again the thing was going to be my number one but i had to yeah. leave it off so uh yeah. john carpenter would have made my list but you know the thing is my definitive john carpenter yeah. movie
1: so many great movies so little spots
0: i thought you were gonna say so many great movies and you gave number one to a walt disney <laughs> a yeah. fantasy yeah, movie. yeah so many great horror movies and you gave it to disney as number one and you gave it, it to feels. darby o'gill and the little People. Well, yeah. go watch it. Watch it with the mindset of a four or five-year-old and tell me that the Banshee <laughs> isn't scary. Ugh. Okay, so are we going to go back to uh, Chris Hates uh, for our last one? I believe so. Are we gonna ra- Are we gonna we going to wrap this up with me hating again?
1: Yes, but we thank are. Thank you
0: for giving me breaks and let me actually delve into some movies that I actually enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I could have actually right. gone on an hour-long talk about each of these movies and why they're on yeah. my list, but then we'd be here forever. And who wants to listen to me talk for hours?
1: Hopefully everybody. That's why they tune in.
0: Mm, I'm, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they right, they so. tune in for that awesome Thomas Gloom intro and, yeah. and, and to hear uh, Brook Rider Dave.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
0: So, All what right, a, so this one. What am I hating on? I got
1: for you? You. It's actually something you just kind of suggested to me. Oh, okay. It was just a random message, but we're gonna go back full circle. Okay. Hashtag Chris hates kids, part two.
0: I get to ask. Uh, so we're going back to speaking of going back to your old wells. Uh, I guess I'm going yeah. back. I'm gonna go back to that old well of Chris hates kids. Yeah, it's like
1: three or four weeks ago you sent me the message like we need to do another Chris hates kids. I'm like,
0: huh? All right. I, I don't even remember so that what kid was that. I was. I don't even remember which kids <laughs> I was talking about at the time. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, back, back, back to where it all began. This th- this either means that this is the death of Body Bag or, or it's going to just be an ongoing thing.
1: I feel like, you know, it's your last list of season three, so.
0: Can't wait till I have kids of my own and then they'll get old enough and then be like, all right, yeah. I'll have them sitting here with me while I do Chris Hates Kids.
1: Chris Hates Kids part
0: 97. Part 97. Hey, little, um, I don't know vincent <laughs> yeah. or whatever i call my kid but uh that's cool all right back to the old thanks. back to the old old hate well it is yeah. then um thanks everybody again for listening to me uh not bitch and moan this time but praise give a little bit of praise to movies that i consider to be some of the best in my humble opinion Uh, Thanks again to all of our supporters, all of our followers, uh, both on Instagram and who download the Body Bag uh, podcast. We appreciate all of you guys. And uh, as always, I'm Chris Thomas. Brock Ryder,
1: Dave. Have a good week, everybody. Take it easy.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about.
1: And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at BodybagPod Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast.
0: Thanks, and we'll see you next time.